Hello and welcome to Apartment 29A. I'm Shosh. And I'm Megan. And we're two best friends who have a lot to say. This week, we are going to drink strawberry watermelon instant tea by Wittard while we discuss the podcast Tiffany Dover is Dead by NBC News. Then we are going to have three short discussions about three books, The Paper Palace, Tokyo Dreaming, and In a New York Minute. And then we will end with things we couldn't stop thinking about this week, which for Shosh was her sea turtle workshop. (laughs) And for Megan is a new musical called Between the Lines, which is based on a book by Jodi Picot. What do you think of the strawberry watermelon tea, Shosh? Well, I am a big fan of these Wittered Instant Teas. Mm -hmm. I like them a lot. They're so easy to make. They taste delicious. That being said, I was a little surprised this one felt a little less flavorful than the previous ones we've had because we've had a peach one and a mango passion fruit. And this one felt a little subdued compared to those, but still delicious. And it definitely is more strawberry than watermelon. I was super excited about the watermelon. And you can taste it a bit. It's not like it's not there, but it's definitely more of a strawberry iced mm-hmm. tea. But yeah. still really good. It feels like if there's such a thing as like strawberry flavoring in water, like the actual real watermelon juice, that's how it fa- how it tastes. Yes, like artificial strawberry with natural watermelon. Yes. With a little less of the actual like slushy texture that you usually get from watermelon juice. Yeah, I think that's right because the strawberry is just so much sort of stronger mm-hmm. and a little Brighter. bit less natural. You know, <laughs> yeah, it's sure. a little bit. It's, yeah, it's a like a strawberry more, uh, flavor. Jolly Rancher than... flavor with actual natural watermelon. <laughs> okay, that kind of makes it sound a little bit weird or gross but it does taste really good it's just definitely more strawberry than watermelon yeah but no problem drinking it at all and we'll definitely finish what i have yes for sure they need to bring back the peach one though i know they're all like special editions so if i see it i'm gonna get it i really really liked that peach one Mm -hmm. it's all gone i don't even have any of that one left i have a little left but well, I had to share mine with Amir so uh, yeah you know. and I didn't share mine with my husband <laughs> but he also probably wouldn't really like it all right shall we talk about Tiffany Dover is dead yes so this is a podcast that I know I heard about mainly through advertising from other podcasts are you the same show same <laughs> for me um but it's one of those, like, I kept hearing about it. I was like, oh, I should listen to that. Oh, I should listen to that. And then Shosh was like, oh, I started listening to that. And I was like, okay, I should listen to that. <laughs> so I did. And then you did. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it follows the story, in case you don't know, of a woman named Tiffany Dover, who was the first nurse, I think, to get her COVID shot. Yeah, whatever. I can't even remember where it is now. Whatever hospital it was, it was like the first nurses and doctors that were getting them on camera and then having like a press conference to be like, everyone should get vaccinated. Yes. And unfortunately, shortly after she received her shot, um, Tiffany Dover fainted. 
And she comes back within, I don't know, 20 minutes, if that, to say, hi, guys, I have a disorder in which when I get overly stimulated, I tend to faint. This is nothing having to do with the actual vaccination, just the fact that I had a vaccine and this is how my body responds to that. I'm fine. I'm here. Thanks for any concern you might have felt. Um, please go get vaccinated. Bye. <laughs> but guess what? She died. The well. vaccine killed her. <laughs> that is the conspiracy theory that stems from this footage. Because, of course, that wasn't really her. Mm, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Something like that. So the story is essentially, I mean, the reality, I guess you would say, is that happened. And then, and Tiffany Dover up until that point was a very active social media user. And then some conspiracy theories came up claiming that she was dead. And then, uh, so her, of course, social media accounts blew up and all of a sudden she's no longer talking to friends and family she's would be talking to a bunch of strangers so she stops using her social media which then you can't blame her for that no but that just further allows the people who are mistelling her story to be the ones who are telling her story um and the and then, couple posts that she did have, they were like, oh, well, clearly that's not her. That's mm-hmm. someone else standing in, even though it's her with her family. Yeah. So this is a five episode series about a reporter who goes in to either try to confirm or deny that Tiffany Dover is dead. It's fascinating. And frustrating. Oh, yeah. It doesn't matter. The people who have decided, like the main people who are like peddling this conspiracy theory, it doesn't matter what the reporter showed them or told them. They just came up with excuses or had reasons why it wasn't real or said it wasn't enough to prove she was alive. And I was just like, are you kidding me? And also, why do you care so much about this person? Like they spend all of this time like I don't know, trying to prove that this person died from the vaccine and that, I I don't know, that's not how I want to spend my life and my time. Right. Well, and some of like, just as you said, like some of their rationale is so, I mean, flimsy is the word I want to use, but so interesting to me in the sense that they're like, oh, well, that in that second picture, her eyes aren't as blue. Okay, well, that could happen if you took two pictures in a row. Like, blue eyes sometimes reflect light, and sometimes they don't. That's why people with blue eyes tend to have to wear more, like, sunglasses more often than those of us with brown eyes, because literally their eyes reflect light differently, and you want to be like, are you just not aware of this particular fact? (laughs) Like, Well, not to mention, like, just the lighting in general. Maybe she was standing in a shadow in one. Maybe they were taken with different cameras, and one was better than the other one. Like, <laughs> right. there's like, I mean, there are so many different reasons. I well, you want to be like, have you never take been in a picture? Like, if you look right. at your own pictures, like, have you never been in a picture and seen that sometimes you look a lot better than other times? <laughs> right. Yeah. No. Unless you're, um, oh, how I met your mother, Barney. Barney, what's his last name? Stinson? Don't remember. Stinson? I don't know. Anyway, but unless you're him, 
who can't take a bad photo. The rest of us, when we take photos, <laughs> we look different sometimes. Yep. Some of them will be better than others. <laughs> yeah. And sometimes they make you look real bad. And you're like, is that how I look in real life? Mm -hmm. And you start questioning a lot of things. <laughs> is this how people see me? Because that's not how I want to see myself. Exactly. Exactly. So I was really fascinated, like, earlier on in, this, in the episodes, there's a lot of discussion about, you know, her social media and privacy and, like, just how that plays into conspiracy theories and yeah and it, it got me to think about just how people do feel so differently about privacy because I sometimes I get when people are like because I have some co-workers for instance who are like we can be friends in real life but because you're my boss you can't see my social media I'm like well okay but what are you doing or saying on your social media that you don't think your boss should see? You know what I mean? Like, right. And, and, but I get it. That is just how some people feel about privacy. And of course, if you don't want to be my friend on Facebook, fine. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not going to be upset about that. Um, but it is just, it does bring up questions, right? Like, what are you doing that you don't want me to see? And of course the answer could be, Nothing. Nothing. I just want to have a boundary, <laughs> but you can right. see I how I set like, this arbitrary boundary that I feel like is appropriate because you are the boss and I am your subordinate. Exactly, and but you take that to an extreme, and you get these conspiracy theories that now people are dead or that's not real. And but it's so weird because these people spend so much time digging into other people's lives, and again, like why are you spending your time doing that it's so bizarre mm -hmm. but the thing that's also bizarre is this reporter goes down and she for example looks for a death certificate which obviously would exist if she had died and there is no death certificate because she didn't die <laughs> and but they're like oh well clearly it's a cover-up like you you literally like there's nothing that you can do to convince them because they always just find an excuse or a reason they're lying right. so to even you. if they're it's like not so in the reverse you want to be like so if you had a death certificate couldn't i just say that was fake right but no because then you've seen the death certificate it only right. works in their favor yeah i have that problem a lot with a lot of the uh ultra conservative people because it seems like you can't ever win an argument because it doesn't matter what facts or anything that you give them but it only works in their favor right and you're like that you do know that's not how reality works right <laughs> like nope i'm right and you're wrong and nothing you're gonna can say or do will change that mm -hmm. i thought the whole thing was really interesting. I enjoyed listening to it, but I was a little disappointed at the end. Oh. While I understand completely why she didn't talk to the reporter, I really wanted to hear from her. I just wanted mm -hmm. her take on the whole thing. Mm -hmm. Not because I needed proof that she's alive. Mm -hmm. I was convinced she was alive before it even started because I was like, clearly she did not just die on the spot from the vaccine right so, so to and me, less than never... 20 minutes later they didn't swap out a body double <laughs> right so like there was never any question for me from the beginning anyways so I didn't need it as proof I was just curious to hear like her thoughts and things mm -hmm. 
but it totally makes sense that every time these stories happen it just digs everything up and makes it much harder for her so in that respect I understand why she would just want it all to die down and not participate and Mm -hmm. stuff but that would have made it a little bit better for me because I would have just liked to hear from her Mm -hmm. yeah I agree and you definitely don't hear from her it, it's interesting to me just because it makes me think of actually um, the musical Hamilton, because there's a line that's written was like, who lives, who dies, who tells your story. Mm. And it's like, I, I just, I want to just scream like you are like, I fully appreciate that there's probably nothing you can really do to have someone else not tell your story. But why wouldn't you want your story to be like on the record? I would want why wouldn't you want to help shape it and say your part because it's your story especially when it's happening regardless Mm -hmm. you know what I mean like they they were gonna do this whether she talked to them or or not Mm -hmm. and they told her that Mm -hmm. so wouldn't you want your say if it's gonna happen Mm -hmm. anyways because in that respect you're already going to get more attention again because Mm -hmm. of the the podcast and you know Mm -hmm. you're not going to change anyone's mind either way Mm -hmm. and they'll be like it's a body double or something right so I mean I don't think it would have convinced anyone necessarily right and I'm also trying not to be judgmental and failing (laughs) because at the end they the I don't even know if it's Tiffany Dover but the family of Tiffany Dover who she ends up speaking with is essentially like well how much will you pay us for this story I think it was her mother-in-law yeah and like I'm like okay well the people who are gonna no I should say the news outlets that are going to pay you for the story my understanding is you don't really want telling your story probably I'm like isn't that like the National Enquirer level of storytelling and not like I don't know the New York Times NBC News like they don't have to pay you like it does make me wonder, though, if she would have talked to them if they had paid. Because I also, because we never even talked to Tiffany, I don't even know if that was just, like, the mother-in-law trying to get something right. out of it because why not just see? But, like, yeah. maybe Tiffany had nothing to do with it or it wouldn't have changed anything one way or the other. Or if it would have actually made a difference. Yeah. I don't know. There was also a lot of confusion about whether she could talk to them because at first there was all this talk of an NDA from the hospital, which the hospital right. said didn't exist. Yeah. But then she made it sound like she was going to talk to them, but she couldn't until all this stuff happened. And then somehow she was like, "Never mind." Yeah. That the whole so that NDA was all confusing really too. Yeah. Right, because why wouldn't the hospital want her? I mean, I guess probably. It's because the hospital was probably getting a lot of attention as well. And they were probably trying to get that to die down, especially because they said they put out with like a dated newspaper the day after, because so many people were instantly like freaking out and it just, it didn't matter. So my guess is they just wanted it all to go away, Mm -hmm. but it's still a little bizarre. Yeah. Like, why do you care? Right. And what was an NDA going to do? Like, it's her, again, it, who's telling the story? Like, this is her story. She gets to, like, I, I would just kind of, I mean, I don't know about, enough about NDAs. Like, I know just enough to be dangerous in the sense that non-disclosure agreement, I know, I know what it stands for. I know usually what, how it's used in business, but I don't 100% understand how it would be used in this scenario. Like, she can't, like, you can't deny who gave you the shot 
you did it on camera. <laughs> like, so I have to say, like, I'm like, what are we, what, what are we not disclosing here? They were talking about how apparently it's like fairly common for people to faint when they get shots. So, which it would, I mean, I'm not disputing that, and I'm that seems reasonable. Apparently, so that's why but they have you sitting. My right, <laughs> but my question is, and that's why some of them they make you sit afterwards too, depending right. on the shot as well. But my question was, she said she has this other, unfortunately, I'm forgetting the name, but she has like a specific condition. And she said like lots of things, like anything, even like a paper cut or these other things can cause her to faint because it's like a very specific condition. So my thing is not to say she shouldn't get vaccinated, but in a way, isn't that a poor choice for somebody who knows that they have that? to go on tv and get a shot to be fair even if they knew she might faint i don't think they would have thought it would snowball but i'm just saying in general that doesn't seem like a good look because even if it doesn't snowball it's still like this extra piece of something that you have to explain right so i kind of thought people you're dumb you made a bad decision here right yeah hard not to be like did we just miss that in the marketing team really Okay. Well, there's like so many people I'm sure that could have done it. I mean, right. they said they, they said they were trying to choose like some of the leaders of teams and like they were sort mm-hmm. of trying to pick like certain types of people to, to be the first wave on TV. So I appreciate that maybe because she, I think they said she was like a team leader or something, they chose her, but it's still, it seems like either her boss or her should have said, thank you but there's a very high probability that I will faint. I am maybe not a good choice for live TV. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Or we do this specifically because I'm more likely to faint and we tell people that ahead of time so they can see that even disorders are going, you're right, are going to be fine. Because that was the thing too, I guess a lot of the conspiracy theorists, uh, I guess a couple of the cameras, not all of them, but I think some of them, because it was unexpected and they didn't really know what to do and it was live and the person fainted. So sort of out of like respect for her because she fainted, a lot of them kind of like took the camera away and then like pulled it back later. But because of that, that was part of also where the conspiracy theory came from because they're like, well, why didn't you show us what happened when you panned away? But that's just like a natural reaction, I think, you know, especially yeah. like, again, on live television, because you're like, this person's has something going on. Let's right, be respectful situation. of them. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. this is not-, not to be critical because they shouldn't have right. known that there was going to be a conspiracy theory and it never should have happened. Oh, well, gosh, I just thought right. maybe that was a poor decision. Mm-hmm. at least like you were saying if they had set it up maybe you could have stopped that all from happening mm-hmm. you know like if you are going to do it and you know you say i have this thing this is what it is there's a high likelihood this will happen just so you know and then when it right. does it's no big deal exactly but i'm doing this and showing it to you because i know there's lots of other people who have disorders who are going to be nervous to take this vaccine here you go. It's not that right. big a deal. Yeah. Craziness. But interesting. Yeah. 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 The so. other thing that I found interesting is just they, there was like a rally with like Jenny McCarthy and who this JFK Jr., right? I think oh, that's no. Right. Um, 
to Kennedy, but yeah, it's not JFK Jr. Um, Robert Kennedy. Uh, but isn't it Jr.? I think it's a Jr. Um, maybe I think it's Bobby Kennedy's son. Yeah, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. Yep. And I, the thing that made me interested about that is just I feel like in a lot of times famous people because they have such a large platform are treated like authority figures and I'm like what how do you know (laughs) right Right. just because you're famous doesn't mean that you know what's going on yes and please don't or know better than other people yes they just have a larger platform because more people know who they are it doesn't make them med school you know no, it just allows them to spread their voice more easily and and farther. Yeah. I didn't realize Jenny McCarthy was so uh, anti-vax. Yeah, I didn't either, but I don't pay a lot of attention, of course, neither do you, but to the anti-vax movement because we believe in science. We are pro-vaccination. <laughs> we are pro-science. Yes. But yeah, craziness. Yep. It definitely stuck with me because maybe because the ending was so not ambiguous, but like left open because you didn't get the closure from Tiffany. Yeah. I mean, I don't think this is something I would listen to again. It's like short because it's only five episodes. So I thought, I think it's worth a listen if you know, you're looking for something, but I wouldn't say it's like the best podcast series we've ever listened to, but it is, it is very interesting and it does really make you think about these conspiracy theories. And I don't know, I don't, I'm just not sure how you ever break out of them when Mm -hmm. you always find a way to rationalize whatever it is. Like, it doesn't matter what factual information you give somebody or what potential reason. It's just like, they just find another way around it. Mm-hmm. so the, it just the conspiracy just grows so it's like really I don't know kind of frightening honestly because mm-hmm. I don't like I said I don't know how you get out of those things mm-hmm. yeah I always just want to ask them okay what happens if you're wrong why don't we have this conversation <laughs> like right so yep. any last thoughts about Tiffany Dover is dead no I think I think that's it awesome do you want to read the description for the paper palace yeah do you hear the excitement in my voice? <laughs> so this is the paper palace by miranda cowley heller it is a perfect july morning and l a 50 year old happily married mother of three awakens at the paper palace the summer palace which she has visited every summer of her life but this morning is different last night l and her oldest friend jonas crept out the back door into the darkness and had sex with each other for the first time all while their spouses chatted away inside now over the next 24 hours l will have to decide between her life the life she has made with her genuinely beloved husband, Peter, and the life she always imagined she would have with her childhood love, Jonas, if a tragic event hadn't forever changed the course of their lives. As Heller colors in the experiences that have led Elle to this day, we arrive at her ultimate decision with all its complexity, 
tender yet devastating, the paper palace considers the tension between desire and dignity, the legacies of abuse, and the crimes and misdemeanors of families. Tender. I'm sorry. Nope. <laughs> so this is the first time I had read the description. <laughs> okay, people, let me tell you what happened here. <laughs> this book is completely my fault. I was at the airport. And you know you have time and you start looking through all the books but the thing is i didn't have any space to buy any books yeah. and i had an <laughs> ipad need a book. full of books <laughs> that doesn't mean i didn't want to look so i looked through a lot of books and then we were about to leave i was like oh here let me take a picture of a few of these that i really was interested in reading i took a picture of this book and i don't know what book i thought it was but not this book because I would not have picked up this book. But I didn't read the description. In my mind, this was whatever book I was most excited to read. And so I just got it straight from the library. I'm kind of wondering if the book, whatever book I thought it was, was a Reese Witherspoon book club book, because this one is. And I wonder if that is where I got confused. Well, this but, author is, but this book isn't. Oh. I looked it up. So I wonder if it's another book by this author maybe okay but anyways there was confusion and I did not read the description I just had taken a picture and thought this was the one I was most excited to read so I got it from the library and I was like Megan I'm gonna read this book do you want to read it with me she was like sure so we start reading it and I'm like is this gonna get better is this gonna get better like what is happening here and I'm like this is really weird I this is not something I would normally pick to read. This must get better. And then Megan was like, why did you pick this book? <laughs> and I'm like, I don't know. I thought this was a book I would like. I'm like, I don't think I picked this. Yeah, it turns out I made a grave error. <laughs> this is not a book I would normally pick. It is clearly not the book that I thought that I wanted to read not. at the airport. And if I'm being honest, it was terrible it just got worse and worse and worse it was like the saddest most tragic most awful book ever yeah and I don't know who, who thinks this book is tender but it doesn't not. it's not it doesn't have a tender look at any of the horrible things that are done to people no it was just awful all the way around yeah my description and, of and it somebody... is unlikable unlikable characters are miserable that's yeah, it well the thing is, is like in another life, in another story, some of these characters could be really good. Like her, her husband, Peter, I actually really liked him. Mm -hmm. And so that's part of what makes it really sucky. And like Jonas in another path. Also, they could have been good together, but it's just like the whole, her whole past is tragic. And then she kind of builds this good life. And then she just like, basically goes and ruins it for herself again and I'm just like what are you doing like no matter what you can't come out of this in a good place right like you just can't it was just awful well you just could it would just take it. a lot of therapy right. yeah. but regardless she was like hurting her marriage hurting her oh, yeah. childhood best friend and love like like you know what I'm saying like there was no there's nothing not redeeming in the book yeah yeah it was just it was just awful I gave it like one star I'm pretty sure yeah I did too I said it's a picture of what abuse does to people and families if you need help imagining that then maybe this book will help you 
if you don't, don't waste your time on this book. Yeah. So we this are going to today as a public service announcement. Do not yep, read the skip. paper palace. <laughs> nope. Skip it. Skip it. Don't get confused in the airport bookstore. Yeah. Okay. Let's move we on. Try. We try. <laughs> Would you like to tell us about Tokyo Dreaming? Yes. By Amiko Jean. Yeah. So this is book two of a series. When Japanese-American Izumi Tanaka learned her father was the crown prince of Japan, she became a princess overnight. Now she's overcome with conniving cousins, salacious press, and an imperial scandal to finally find a place she belongs. She has a perfect bodyguard turned boyfriend. Her stinky dog, Tamagotchi, is living with her in Tokyo. Her parents have ever rekindled their college romance and are engaged. A royal wedding is on the horizon. Izumi's life is a Tokyo dream come true. Only her parents' engagement hits a brick wall. The Imperial Household Council refuses to approve the marriage, citing concerns that Izumi and her mother's lack of pedigree. And on top of that, her bodyguard turned boyfriend makes a shocking decision about their relationship. At the threat of everything falling apart, Izumi vows to do whatever it takes to help win over the council, which means upping her newly acquired princess game. But at what cost? Izumi will do anything to help her parents achieve their happily ever after, but what if playing the perfect princess means sacrificing her own? Will she find a way to forge her own path and follow her heart? So I thought this was a super cute book. I was very excited about it because I really liked Tokyo Ever After. I have to say, I still gave it five stars, but I think that was mostly because I was excited about it and because I was sort of (laughs) attached to it from the first book. Again, really enjoyed this one. Very cute story, but it felt a lot more predictable, sort of. The storyline wasn't quite as good, I didn't think. I mean, there were parts of it that I liked and I saw what they were doing, but it was predictable, kind of expected in the end I mean it's good I always love a happy ending again it, it, you kind of expect what's going to happen so there's nothing like bad about it at all but I think that the first one was a bit better mm-hmm. but obviously I was attached to the series because of the first one which yeah. I think carried through and really helped this one yeah I 100% agree I gave it four stars because I really felt like we had these great characters from the first book that then the author worked really hard to force into a romantic comedy situation and one that was not altogether unique from the first book so it felt almost repetitive in some ways and like forced I was like "Mm, this feels like a little contrived I guess which I mean, it's, you know, romance novels tend to have that feeling, but sometimes it's used well. And this one, I I didn't think it was used as well. Um, So, but still so much fun to be back with the characters. So I fully, fully, you know, I'm in line with you on that one. Um, And then the ending, of course, leaves you happy and feeling good and can't complain about that. 
no, a little different the indie... from the paper palace uh, yeah a <laughs> lot different than the paper palace no but it, it gives you what you want and that always makes me happy so i would i would still recommend the series but again i do think that the first one was superior to the second one yeah i agree first one was better I keep looking to see if they're going to have a third one, but nothing's on the horizon. Yeah, I would read more by this author, especially after the first one. I really, I mean, both, but I just thought the first one in particular just felt a little more, I don't know, light and kind of funny and couldn't put it down. I mean, we got through this other one, this second one really, really fast as well. But again, I think that was more because we were super attached to the people from the first one and wanted to find out what was going to happen rather than this book on its own as a standalone being, you know, like so good, you, you sort of can't stop. Mm-hmm. But I, I still really liked it enough that I would consider checking out some of the other books by the author. For sure. Me too. Because she, she did have a way of creating characters that I still really liked because I was, you know, when I was really annoyed by forcing the characters into a situation, I was like, am I going to like the other people that are brought into the story? Uh, And if not, it's really going to go downhill. (laughs) But because I did really like the people who came into the story and you understand, like, you kind of need to force the situation in order for them to come into the story and actually have plot um and so that you know because she was still able to make me like people like that it's you know proof to me that the author it has some good writing and you know it, it's it's still worth reading it just felt a little contrived also these covers are really great oh so beautiful I like them both. I think I prefer the first one a little bit more only because I prefer the blue color over the green color. Um, but both are really, really nice. I don't know how they were made, but it sort of looks like they were paper cuttings mm. that were made into like digital images or whatever. Yeah. Because they kind of that. like have like layered sort of texture as if. So I, I don't know if that's actually how they made it. I could be totally making that up. But when I've seen it, that's what it's reminded me of. So, but both are really, really, really nice. I really like the covers of these. All right. Shall we finish up our books with In a New York Minute by Kate Spencer? Perfect. This is a clever, tender, and romantic novel for readers of Christina Lauren, Jasmine Guillory, and Sophie Cousins. This laugh-out-loud debut is a perceptive reminder that fate can have a sense of humor and that love can happen in a New York minute. Franny Doyle is having the worst day. She's been laid off from her admittedly mediocre job. The subway doors ripped her favorite silk dress to ruins, and now she's flashed her unmentionables to half of lower Manhattan. On the plus side, a dashing stranger came to her rescue with his Gucci suit jacket. On the not-so-plus side, he can't get away from her fast enough. Worse yet, someone posted their entirely not meet cute online. 
Suddenly, Franny and her knight in couture, Hayes Montgomery III, are the newest social media sensation in all of New York is shipping hashtag Subway Cuties. Only Franny and Hayes couldn't be a more disastrous match. See, she's fanciful, talkative, and creative. He's serious, shy, and all about numbers. Luckily, in a city of 8 million people, they never have to meet again. Yet somehow, Hayes and Franny keep running into each other, and much to their surprise, they actually enjoy each other's company. A lot. But when Franny's whole world is turned upside down, again, can she find the courage to trust in herself and finally have the life and love she's always wanted? So another super cute book. Um, I have to say, though, this book started off stronger than it finished for me. Agreed. When starting this book, I didn't want to put it down. It was so, 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 so good. Just the whole subway scene with the dress and the everything. I mean, it was just got such a good like feeling and reaction from me. And I was like, oh, this is like great. And I really enjoyed the whole book, but I don't know, there were some parts that just felt like kind of unnecessary a bit or, and kind of like drawn out a bit. I didn't, I don't want to say I didn't like, I mean, the actual ending, I really liked like it, you know, you get, you get the ending you expect and you want, but there, it still just kind of didn't quite mesh with what I would have wanted and what I would have expected from Hayes in particular mm-hmm. um and so again I really enjoyed it but there was just yeah some stuff about how I don't know Franny hit some road bumps and then the way that like Hayes did some stuff at the end that I kind of thought was like a little bit maybe out of character and I didn't like as much and like I said I thought there was like some kind of extra things that were drawn out like especially like some family drama stuff and things and it's not that it was bad it's just the beginning was so good and then I felt like it was like they just she kept it going maybe a little too long or something Mm -hmm. I don't know what are your thoughts no I felt the same like my review literally says very cute enjoyable characters missing a little something I can't quite put my finger on to get the last star yeah some of it is again like it's not contrived isn't the right word but it forced is to me like I get that it's a romance novel and so you're looking for like big gestures but it just didn't feel necessary or even can we spoiler this because I'm like having sort of a hard time saying yeah I mean let's do we'll we'll put spoilers okay Okay. we're spoiling now so if you care stop right you're talking about when he goes back on the tv show right yeah yeah didn't even seem necessary it was completely unnecessary and completely out of character for him right like neither he didn't want to go on the show the in the first place yeah his friend pushed him only for their business Franny didn't even really want to go on it she only went because her friend who's like you know in the I don't know news pop culture ish sphere told her Mm -hmm. she should and so she was like fine I will and then it was super awkward and they basically both hated it that made no sense to me I was like why would you do that like it's unnecessary 
Well, and if you want to do a gesture, why isn't the gesture on the subway where they met in the first place? Like, right. Why isn't he like stopping the train or like standing or, up on a seat or like or literally you know, just running to her house? Yes, yes. It, like, that I part thought, was. I was like, I don't even get why we're here. Like, it's it's barely an argument. It's he doesn't need like it's going from like zero to a hundred when it's unnecessary and not well, that they sweet. were they were both <laughs> a little bit stupid to begin with because franny should not have treated him that way like i felt like that was out of character for her to like push him away so suddenly and so adamantly and then i was like you're an idiot if you don't also just realize that she was upset because stuff was going on with her mom mm-hmm. so i kind of felt like their whole like you said drama almost even not drama was like kind of stupid to begin with but then his gesture was ridiculous and totally out of character and hers I thought was stupid too she really literally wasn't that far from home like you idiot just go get your phone and your you know subway card and or call him on the phone why are you trying to rush to the studio unnecessary completely unnecessary yeah, i wanted them to find to find each other on the subway that would have been way better right if like she was going to see him at the same time he was going to see yes. her and like they meet when what they both get on the subway yes. car even if they had both done their gestures because you know she didn't even see his and he obviously couldn't find her because he wasn't there and then they found each other on the subway would have been much cuter yeah also, since we're spoiling, I might as well just say what I was talking about before. <laughs> the stuff that I kind of felt was like a little drawn out and almost unnecessary was like a lot of her family drama in particular with her dad and her sister. Like, I'm not saying it shouldn't have been there because the whole point was that like she was trying to discover herself. And again, they were trying to give you all this extra like tension and drama and things going on in her life. But I just felt like it was like drawn out a bit too much and she was like a bit... I don't know a little too over the top with it like I'm sorry but just talk to your sister or don't like I mean I I don't know I know it would be a tough decision but it just felt like in the midst of the story where that wasn't actually supposed to be the story because the story is really her and Hayes and I was like why are we putting so much emphasis like so much emphasis on this other part this really just supposed to be this like background story for her right and it just it got a little old at the end like mm-hmm. by the end at first it was Agreed. fine but like yeah. as it just kept going I just kept being like all right I get it just like talk to your sister yeah and I also felt like they there was this whole thing with her job and not having a job and lying about the job and all of this and that he was glossed over he's like oh it's fine he's kind of like oh you lied to me huh and I was like, so you had a place where an actual, like, you lied to me situation could. could have been. And I understand why you didn't do it in the sense of, like, trying to distort expectation. But in doing that, I was like, I don't follow. Right. Because if he doesn't we're care gonna about make that, up this why is he going to make... We, right. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. Because the thing is, is, like, I didn't actually think he should be mad about that because it's understandable why she lied. It's not like she lied and then did a bad job for him or right. somehow messed something up so like just got was lucky really, with her job with him right. Right. so there was there was really no reason for him to be upset about it but right. like you said there at least was like an actual potential reason there rather than just like randomly creating something else just to have drama right so so very cute yeah but 
yeah it's more like four stars yeah and the beginning is very strong though oh yeah because when I started reading it and like the beginning stuff like on the subway was just really good and there were a couple times where I'm pretty sure again near the beginning I like laughed out loud oh for sure yeah so and like the little quote here on the book cover says like it's sincere tender and charming as hell says Jasmine Guillory tender is a book you is a word excuse me you can use for this book you cannot use tender <laughs> for the paper palace, but this book actually has tenderness. Yeah. I didn't know so. that was going to be a part of my my speaking today, but to use but it tender. has become <laughs> yes, and you have clarified now, everybody will know. So, okay, so now that we've kind of made it sound like we have lots of problems with this book, and you shouldn't read it, you actually should. It's very cute. We just obviously, yeah. Had I mean, if you some... like a, a very sweet romance novel, do it for sure. Yeah, definitely. I had never read this art, this author before. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't like rush out to get more of her stuff, but I definitely would read something by her again. I yeah. didn't well, have I think any. This is her debut novel, so. Oh well, actually, I would say if that's true, then th- then she is probably a very promising author because Mm -hmm. like I said the beginning in particular was so 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 good and you know when a book can actually make you like laugh out loud then I mean it's definitely doing something right because a lot of times you can find things funny or amusing but you're not actually going to you know physically laugh especially to yourself when you're reading so when it can get you to do that it's really really you know special so if this is her debut, I can only imagine she'll continue to get better. So mm-hmm. she does actually. So that was her debut novel. She does have a memoir that she has written called The Dead Moms Club because she lost her mom mm. to cancer when she was 27. Ooh, rough. Yeah. Which is interesting just because, like, that there's like a little piece of that that is in kind of in this. Yeah. Uh-huh. which maybe kind of makes it make more mm -hmm. sense why she would want that to be the drama like I wonder if she like drew on her own experience a little bit Mm -hmm. which makes me actually feel a little bit better about it Mm -hmm. yeah me too (laughs) but all right well I don't know if I'll run out and get that because that sounds rough right but, but I would definitely keep an eye out for future future books. Oh, that's how I know her name. She's the co-host of the podcast Forever 35, which I've listened to just a few times. But that, I, I was like, Kate that Spencer, that's the name I know. Yeah, I haven't listened to it recently at all, um, but okay. it was cute well, for a little while. Maybe we'll have to check that out for a future episode. Shosh, do you want to tell us about your sea turtle workshop? sure so I can't stop thinking about a sea turtle workshop because I just got back from it it was awesome I got to go to the south of France I got to see two aquariums one basically right it's called marine land right by Nice and then we got to go to the aquarium in Mm -hmm. Monaco and it was amazing everything was about it was amazing both places are doing lots of larval fish rearing which was super cool to see lots of little tiny baby fish which are adorable they have amazing corals basically we hate them you just said something with scales is adorable you're adorable 
little baby fish are adorable oh my gosh they had little baby dragonettes and angelfish and shrimp fish and oh my god they were so cute and basically we hate them because they get to take ocean water straight from the ocean which that is thing i assume that everyone did <laughs> yeah well not everyone can do that so we have synthetic ocean i mean i imagine and you're it driving is... it in trucks that we're just driving mm-hmm. everywhere with ocean water right right and it is good but it's not quite the same so it allows them to do some things that are much more difficult when you can't take water straight from the ocean. So they just had like beautiful corals. We obviously got to see all their sea turtle stuff and the sea turtle hospital for rescued sea turtles. And most places in Europe aren't really keeping cetaceans anymore. So dolphins and whales, but a couple places still have them. And marine land still has orcas. So there's only two places I think left in Europe that have them. Obviously, most places now are choosing not to have orcas, which makes sense based on their sort of life history and what, you know, what they do. But once you have them in that setting, you can't really, let, you know, you can't, you can't put them back into the ocean. And there's not good solutions. We were actually talking to them about it. Um, because obviously it's a very uh, touchy subject because of lots of protesters and and different things but they were really upset about it because all of the activists want the whales to be gone but what they don't understand is that it's a family so it's two parents and two babies that were born Mm. there and so the activists don't realize that if they send them away because there's not anywhere they can just take four orcas they'll split up the family and the only option not to mention the stress of moving them but the only option is to send them to China and that is not a good option so it's actually better for them to stay but a lot of people don't know that they get it in their mind that a certain thing is the way that it should be and then they just stick with that but the thing is that was amazing for me is I had actually never seen orcas in real life so it was amazing I literally almost cried they were incredible they were so incredible it was awesome we saw them literally their trainers were with them like the entire day every single time we went outside from where we were working they were there anytime we were walking around the park they were there it was crazy it was so crazy they were just with them all the time got to see them do so much stuff and yeah I literally almost cried when I saw three of them jumping together and I was like Mm -hmm. oh my gosh it was amazing it was so amazing so I was just like blown away so that's awesome it was was cool yeah it was really cool it was really really cool it was special I was really glad I got to see it because again Mm -hmm. it's not something everybody it has been able to see and especially moving forward in the future it's not really something most people will and clearly there are arguments on both sides which we do not need to get into but I will say it does in some ways feel like a shame that something so amazing like a lot of people won't ever get to experience Mm -hmm. just in general I'm not saying like orcas specifically but right no yeah because again if it can basically move someone to tears you know right it's pretty amazing pretty special Mm-hmm. yeah so just all the way around it was a great trip I get to see a lot of people from a lot of aquariums all across Europe that I haven't seen for a couple of years because obviously with COVID we didn't have any meetings for the past two years um, got to move some stuff for our group forward 
with like guidelines for keeping sea turtles and sea turtle husbandry and stuff, which was really, is really important. And, you know, just always getting to talk with industry people about, obviously we were focusing on sea turtles for the most part, but since we get to see behind the scenes of these aquariums and all of these people work in zoos and aquariums, just getting to talk to people about what they're doing and seeing lots of different stuff is always good. It's always great when you get to see stuff because it's like, so sometimes it makes you thankful for the things that you have. And then mm -hmm. a lot of times it inspires you to do new things because then you're like, oh, I could do that. Or I want my thing to look like this or wow, they have a great idea for this thing. So it does both things. Like it always makes you feel good about some of your stuff, but then also inspires you to make a lot of your stuff even better. So I always really, really, really like going to other aquariums and to see what they're, what they're doing. That's so, awesome. It was great. That's awesome. Yeah. And it's all, I mean, it's also connected. So, you know, you sea turtles, but you're also getting to learn about other animals that are in the sea. Exactly. Yeah. No, the focus was definitely sea turtles, even though in my explanation, I kind of glossed <laughs> over the sea focus turtles. Focus on all the other things. <laughs> but clearly, our focus as a group was on sea turtles and we did see all of the sea turtle stuff at both aquariums but it was just there was extra you know kind of bonus stuff in both places that was it was really nice to see so and monica was crazy it's mm -hmm. like the aquarium is in this amazing old building half of it is museum and it's like built into a cliff we had oh, lunch in their restaurant which is on the roof and so you just have a gorgeous view it was amazing I was wow. like, I cannot imagine if this was my view every single day. Yeah. I was like, my aquarium, we don't even have windows. <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, if we did, we'd get to see a brown river. <laughs> we, don't right. even, we don't even have windows and you get to look out at this. Right. I was like, this is incredible. Yeah. And the Monterey so, Bay thought they had it good, you know? <laughs> yeah. Right. That is also a gorgeous view, but mm -hmm. different, <laughs> different, but, yeah. but also yeah. really, really good. Yep. So yeah I was just really thankful to be able to go and it was a really great trip so good all right do you want to tell us about the between the lines musical <laughs> sure this is probably actually a PSA for Instagram ads but Instagram <laughs> <laughs> was like hey Megan I think you need to know that there's a new musical on, you know coming to the new coming to New York called between the lines and like it's, instagram i did need to know that i did need to know uh and it's based on a book by the new york best-selling author jody co who i haven't read of but i know like i mean it's hard to miss her books they're everywhere i just i've missed them in the sense that i haven't actually picked one up to read <laughs> i feel like i have read one but it's been a very long time mm -hmm. like very long time yeah um but so it's a musical um as far as i know it's as far as i can tell from listening to the music it is about a um high schooler who has moved to a new high school i think i could be wrong um and she uh essentially finds a lot of comfort in reading her favorite book and at some point she's like about to put the book down and kind of either move on with other books or other life and it seems like the book itself like a character reaches out for help um almost like a harry potter um and you know the, I'm, 
the bad guys book, but I don't really know if it's going to be like that per se, but you know, um, that's the kind of image that's created in the sense of the book reaching back out for help. Like a Tom Riddle diary? Yes, like a Tom okay. Riddle diary. Thank you. Hmm. Um, I, it, no, I was just, I was trying to piece that together. I was like, I'm not sure. What my book, brain's not working. No, no, no. Now yep. it all may, it makes sense. Okay. Yes. And then the uh, description on the website says the lines between the worlds of reality and fantasy begin to blur in extraordinary and astonishing ways. And then the main character has to confront whether she alone has the power to rewrite her own story. So the music is cute. There's about six, maybe seven songs um, on the Spotify cast album. Uh, and uh, that's pretty much all I've been listening to all week. Mm. Other than, um, yeah, my normal. Taylor Swift, the chicks, other music, but um, that's so, awesome. Yeah. Well, it seems pretty cool. I mean, you sent it to me, and I haven't had a chance to listen to the music, but I was instantly intrigued because I'm like, I'm a musical about a book. Cool. <laughs> you? So, I mean, I don't know this book, but maybe we should read it. Yeah, that's <laughs> what I was thinking. I'll definitely have to check out the music. So. I mean, a lot of people like her books, so I mean, I would imagine it's pretty good. Yeah. Did she write My Sister's Keeper? I was or just about to like say that? she did. She wrote oh, My okay. Sister's Keeper. I'm pretty sure I read that. I can't remember if I read anything else by her, but that's been a long time. Anytime there's a book that like sits at the on the bestseller list for a really long time, I get really curious about and I want to know why people like it so much why mm -hmm. why it's on the the top of the list so I'm pretty sure that was one of those like it was just up there for a long time and I was like okay I gotta read this yeah and I remember the lines being... of the series oh okay there are only two books though but they're both out so that's always a good thing <laughs> that is a very good thing <laughs> so All maybe right, it's a add duology it, add it to our tbr man yeah. Can never have too many books. Nope. Unless it's the paper palace. <laughs> <laughs> and then one sorry. book was too many. <laughs> <laughs> and it's all my fault. I literally take full responsibility. But the thing is, is, I really just want to know what book I thought it was because there was some book that I literally was so excited to read and was and went instantly to get it after the airport. And didn't even read the back because I thought it was that one and I was so excited for it. So what what book was I think we were reading? That's what I want to know. That's what I want to know too. <laughs> oh man. Okay. Sorry to go back to that. But it is like haunting me. I need to get back to that airport bookstore. It's, it's probably been rearranged. I was, gonna, I was gonna say I need to go back stat and figure it out. But probably I can't. I was thinking that. I was like, well, I guess I shouldn't mention the fact that it's probably not gonna look the same and even if it did I'd have to be lucky and read the back of the same book again although surely I was like drawn to the cover or something I don't know I don't know Megan what book was it what book was it I, I need to know, know. It wasn't there. oh man definitely was not the paper palace though nope because that book was bad yeah but if you read the paper palace and liked it 
or if you have listened to Tiffany Dover is dead, or if there is another podcast you think we should listen to, or another book we should read, or if you work with sea turtles and want to talk to Shosh about sea turtles, look us up. Find us on Instagram at apartment29a, that's apartment spelled all the way out, 29a at Instagram, or email us at apt29a at gmail.com. Have a great week, everyone. Bye. Thanks for listening. Bye.